It was the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, and he was sitting in his favorite coffee spot making a list. His sister and her family were coming in town tomorrow to celebrate Thanksgiving with him, and he had a lot to do. I got to get the boxes out of the guest room. Got to run by the store and get the groceries. I've got the turkey, but I got to remember to thaw it. Got to set up the DVD player. It was a long list, and as he thought about it, he wondered for a second, maybe I should have started on this earlier. But no, no, he, he thought quickly, I've still got time. They're not coming until tomorrow. I've got plenty of time to prepare. And that's when the phone rang. It was his sister. She said, hey, we just pulled into the house. Nobody's around. Are you here? He answered, what? You're not supposed to get here until tomorrow. His sister calmly replied, no, no, go, go back, check the email. You got the date wrong. We were always supposed to get here today. This has always been the plan. And with that, he cursed. He grabbed his list, and as he did, he accidentally knocked over his coffee. He cursed again, and he ran out of the coffee shop saying, it can't be today. I'm not ready for them. They weren't supposed to come today. In the Gospel of Luke, there's a word that Luke uses over and over again, and it's the word today. In fact, Luke uses this word today more than the rest of all the New Testament combined. When the angel comes to the shepherds in the field in the beginning of the gospel, the angel says, to you is born today in the city of David a Savior. Today. When Jesus begins his ministry, he goes to the synagogue in Nazareth. He takes the scroll of Isaiah, reads a portion of Isaiah 61, and says, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Today. And then in our gospel reading this morning, Jesus says to the crucified criminal, today, you will be with me in paradise. Today. So Luke uses this word over and over again in his gospel. And the question is why? And when you go to the biblical commentators and do a little research, what they argue is that Luke uses this word today so much because he wants us to see that God's saving power is present and active right now. Luke wants us to know and, and believe and experience that the promises of Jesus, that we can meet them today, that Jesus is active today. And yet, as we think about what Luke is trying to tell us, I think that if we're honest, most of us, and I include myself in this, but most of us are like that man in the coffee shop. We know there are things we need to do to make ourselves ready for Christ, but we don't want to do that work today. He's going to come tomorrow, so I've, I've got time. Tomorrow, I'll have plenty of time to focus on my relationship with the Lord. I'm too busy right now. I'll do that work tomorrow, not today. But the truth is, if Christ wants his kingship 
to become manifest in our lives today, if Christ wants his kingdom to become manifest in the world today, well, that means we have to respond today. And yet so often we we push it off. We push off the reality of Christ's kingship in our lives and in the world. We push it off until tomorrow where we can still think about it and talk about it even take hope and comfort from it. And yet it has no real consequence for our lives or for the world. Because again, we've pushed it off until tomorrow. And yet remember, Jesus does not say to the criminal, tomorrow you'll be with me in paradise. No, he says today. And in the synagogue in Nazareth, He doesn't say tomorrow this scripture will be fulfilled. He says today. And when the angels come to the shepherds, the angel doesn't say tomorrow the Messiah will come. No, he says today. Let me read you a quote about this idea, uh, which I think is a really is a good quote. But this is what the writer says. He says, in Luke's gospel, so much of Christ's truth hangs on one word, today. For Jesus, God's today was the center of his existence. God had made many promises to Israel, and Jesus knows that those promised blessings are happening now, today. If we believe what Jesus said, then that means we can also be set free today free from our obsessions, free from the destructive compulsions that try to control us, free from the selfishness that causes us to judge our neighbor. We can be set free by Jesus so that we can breathe again through the power of Jesus, so that we can trust again through the love of Jesus, so that we can live again because Jesus is alive in us today. I like that line, for Jesus, God's today was the center of his existence. As we mentioned on this Sunday, we celebrate Christ the King Sunday. And one of the questions that this Sunday asks of us is, who is our king? What kingdom are we a part of? And in this language of kings and kingdoms, don't let this trip you up. I mean, we don't use these words, this language a lot. Uh, The only time I talk about kings and kingdoms is when I'm helping my son Henry with his modern European history homework, or when I'm talking to my wife about the third season of The Crown. That's the only time I talk about kings and kingdoms. But this language is trying uh, to, to talk about a deeper truth in our life. I mean, when we think about our lives we realize that we have certain goals, certain values, certain ends that we are seeking. We have certain things that are directing our lives. And so the question is, what are we truly seeking? What do we truly desire? What do we truly believe in and follow? And as we think about this, it's important to remember that there are all sorts of kingdoms in the world. 
There are political kingdoms, there are economic kingdoms, there are kingdoms that are built around ideas. And the question today for us is, what kingdom gives shape to your life? What kingdom gives shape to your life? Jesus, he announced and he lived and he inaugurated a new kingdom. And he promised us that we could be part of this kingdom, a kingdom different than the kingdoms of this world. He called this kingdom the kingdom of God. Jesus talks about this kingdom when his ministry begins again, as he is reading from that scroll in Nazareth. He talks about this kingdom and what it's like in the Sermon on the Mount. If you want a picture of this kingdom, read Matthew chapters 5 through 7. Most of his parables speak of the kingdom of God. In fact, the kingdom of God, which Jesus saw himself inaugurating and leading, it is the guiding principle of Jesus' ministry. Again, Jesus invites us to participate in this kingdom, to work for it, to to work for its spread. And, And he does this, he invites us today. But again, this invitation, it requires a response. Not tomorrow, but a response today. And I think that's probably why Luke uses the word today so often. Because he wants to remind us that we don't have time to wait or to waste. That we need this kingdom. We need it today in our lives. And the world needs this kingdom today as well. I mean, the world is in chaos from all these other kingdoms. We have to act today. I mentioned that in our gospel reading, Jesus turns to the criminal and tells him that he'll be in paradise with him today. But there's something also to see in this gospel reading we have. We can't forget that Jesus speaks these words as he hangs on a cross. He speaks it, uh, these words, in the midst of his crucifixion, his sacrifice for us. And so that image of, of him sacrificing himself for us is given to us on this day. And what I think we have to see is that the kingdom of God It does not come without sacrifice. This kingdom, it does not come without daily dying. It can come no other way. In a world that is reluctant to change, God's realm only becomes real through sacrifice. Remember the promise, the promise that's given to us is that we can experience God's love and power and wisdom right now, today. But to do this, we have to remove the barriers to his kingdom. We do this, of course, with the help of his grace, but we have to decide. We have to act. I know that I have to remove the greed in me, the impatience, the envy, the ambition the self-centeredness, the pride, the anger. With God's help, of course. But I have to remove my bad habits 
my messed up priorities, my false sense of power. Today, I must embrace Jesus's vision of the world. And to do that, I'm going to have to let go of things, things that at one point I was so certain of. I have to let go of them. Today, I have to turn to Christ. Today, I must be willing to sacrifice so that the poor may be fed, the lonely visited, and the sick healed, so that those burdened by the injustice of the world can be made free. Wait, is that today? Jesus, I'm not ready for you to come today. I thought all this was happening tomorrow. But no, this is all about Jesus becoming King and Lord of your life today. So put down your coffee, put your list to the side, and sacrifice, change for the one who promises you paradise today.